You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. to the word of the Lord this morning, and um, I'm going to, uh, I'll read some scripture in a little bit, but first of all, I want to talk to you this morning that you are the salt. You are the salt. Common salt is considered by most authorities as an essential ingredient ingredient in our food. Most people uh, intentionally season their cooking with more or Less salt, depending upon preference, maybe, or health. Others depend on the small quantities which naturally exist in the water and many foods to furnish the necessary amount of salt for the body. Either too much salt or a lack of it creates undesirable disturbance in even the animal system. Men and animals alike instinctively seek for the substance to supplement or uh, approve their regular diet. The ancient uh, ancient people appreciated the value of salt for seasoning food. You can see that in Job chapter 6 and verse 6. Salt was not only used as, uh, for a food, but also as an ant- antiseptic in medicine. Uh, newborn babies were bathed in salt. You see that in Ezekiel chapter 16 and verse 4. That was a custom, and that custom still prevails today. Um, the Arabs of the desert consider it so necessary that if they have the absence of salt, that they will bathe their infants in camel's urine. Now, that's an interesting process. Elisha is said to have healed the waters uh, of Jericho by casting a cruise of salt into the spring. Uh, Abimelech uh, sowed the runes of Shechem with salt to prevent a new city from arising in its place. And and, and if you've been around church for very long, you've heard probably that Lot's wife was turned into a pillar of salt. There's lots of things from the natural and also from the spiritual. If you look at the purposes of salt, you can, you can, you can know that salt permeates and penetrates. Certainly salt has the ability to influence everything with which it comes in contact with. When we mix it with food, it it permeates and, and penetrates the food. No content to remain on the service, surface. Uh, the pugnancy of, of salt sinks right below into the surface and begins its journey throughout the substance. And you can know if you added too much salt or not enough. I do find it interesting that sometimes we add salt without even tasting the food to see. But salt permeates and penetrates. Salt purifies. And innocent as table salt may appear, it has the ability to purge whatever it touches. It attacks germs and impurities, cleansing the substance that it permeates, working silently and effectively. It delivers the substance from impurities within that substance. It has the ability to cleanse. Thirdly, salt preserves. For centuries, mankind has used salt as a food preservative. People learned a long time ago that by rubbing salt into things like meat, uh, that they could keep it almost indefinitely. 
And before the invention of refrigeration, this application was obviously a necessity in, the, the, uh, uh, in preserving meats and, and poultry and fish and, and so forth. When the major European uh, fishing fleets discovered the brand banks of Newfoundland in the end of the 15th century, the Portuguese and the Spanish fleets used what they called the wet method of salting their fish abroad, while the, the, the French and the English fleets used the dry method or, or onshore salting. Uh, and if they hadn't figured that out, they may never have been able to come this far fishing. Salt heals. Long before medical research gave us the modern medicines that we use today, salt-assisted healing by purging the wounds uh, of injured victims. Naturally, uh, conquering armies made good use of the healing quality of salt. And, and you see the example of Napoleon's troops that many of them died uh, on their retreat from Moscow because their wounds would not heal due to what is re recorded as a lack of salt. Doctors even often encourage people to gargle with salt. I was kind of fighting a, a cold this week, and my grandkids were at the house, and I don't think they ever heard anyone gargling before. They were quite intrigued as they peeked around the bathroom door to see what was going on inside. They had never heard the word gargling, so they called it gurgling. But the salt kills bacteria present and promotes the healing of irritated tissue. Fourthly, salt produces a thirst and enhances flavor. Everyone that has experienced Salt, uh, if, you've, if you had it very much, all of a sudden you want to have something to drink. You just have to have a few chips and you want to wash it down with something. That's the natural processes of salt. But biblically, the word salt is in various forms. And it occurs approximately 46 times within the Bible. And it's best known in the Old Testament as a necessary part of Israel's sacrifices. Genesis speaks twice concerning salt. The salt sea in one instance and Lot's wife turning to a pillar of salt in the second instance. In Exodus chapter 30, it speaks of a perfume seasoned with salt for the altar of incense within the tabernacle. But the very next time that the use of salt is mentioned is in Leviticus 2. And that's where I want to take you this morning. Leviticus chapter 2 and verse 12. As for the oblation of the first fruits, ye shall offer them unto the Lord. But they shall not be burnt on the altar for a sweet savor. And every oblation of thy meat offering thou, or shalt thou season with salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of the covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering with all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. The oblations for the offerings were that salt had to be part of the offering. The scripture uses a phrase, uh, the salt of the covenant of thy God. 
or we know it as the covenant of salt. Coveting parties were accustomed to partake of salt. They, they, there was a making of a covenant of salt. The meaning appears to be that the salt with its power to strengthen food and to keep it from decay, it symbolized something in the spirit realm. They were offering uh, animals as offerings unto the Lord. And in most cases, the meat was being burnt. But yet, it was a requirement to put in that offering salt. It symbolized something, the unbending truthfulness of that self-surrender to the Lord that was embodied in the sacrifice by which all impurities and all hypocrisy, everything that was against God was repelled from the offering to God. Oh, they had qualifications. They had to pick out a, a, a ram or a lamb or a goat of the of the flock of the first yearling it had to be as perfect as possible and they had to and they had to offer it a certain way on a certain day a certain structure and all that stuff was written down and secured but they had to add something and it was salt can i tell you this morning that nothing within the scripture is there by accident if you've read the Bible and you've spent any time reading the Word of God, you'll learn that nothing within the Scripture is written there by accident. Why would it be that it would be necessary for salt to be part of those sacrifices? Jesus declared, have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another mark 9 and 50 his statement implies that the salt within us the power of his spirit produces peace in our relationships it brings something to the offering that is not ordinary now i don't know about you but there are certain things that i like I don't need a lot of salt, but there are certain things I like salt on. My cucumbers. I like salt on my cucumbers. I like salt on my roast beef. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a, that's kind of the, you know, and, I, and you, I'm sure you got your list. I like salt on my boiled eggs with a good amount of pepper, but I like salt. I have certain things that I like salt on. And that's in the natural sense. In the spiritual sense, no offering that was being brought could be offered without salt. Now that, that tells me that the importance of that salt was crucial for God to receive the offering properly. And when he compares it to him saying, have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another, and he's implying that that salt that is you, look what the word says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 12, rejoice and be exceeding glad, 
For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth. If you are the salt, then God is not looking for any sacrifice without you included. Hear me this morning. You can offer your talent. You can offer your finance. You can offer your time. You can offer your abilities. You can do all of the things that you think would earn some respect. But God is after one thing. And he's after you. Whatever you have that you can offer will not compare to the offering of yourself unto the Lord. Because ye are the salt of the earth. And every offering that you give to God must include you. What am I saying? Don't send your wife and kids to church. Bring them. Well, you know what? I can't. And listen, we, we run on finance. I understand that. But it's not, it's not just about money. Money won't buy you. Money won't buy you what you need. You can't come enough times to this church to get what you need unless you're willing to offer yourself. That's what it's going to be. You can walk into this church every day, and that won't save you. But it's one moment of you saying, you know what? I'm offering myself. I'm giving salt with my offering this morning. I'm giving myself to the Lord. Here it is. I don't have a lot to offer, God. I just have me. I'm giving you me this morning. And let me tell you, something happens with that offering because you are the salt of the earth. The sacrifices of the Old Testament had to include salt. And Jesus declares it directly that you are now the salt of the earth. If you're going to sacrifice, you must be invested. You must be included. You must be part of. You must be intentional. You must say, I'm not allowing this to happen without me. Not enough for the church to be represented in sacrifice. Whether it's prayer or worship or giving or witnessing. Not enough to be involved in just some ministry or ministries. And you say, well, we got a great church and there's a lot of people included and there's a lot of people involved. That's not enough. He wants you. This is Connect Fair Day. <laughs> I'm thankful that you're part of this church. But I want you to be connected to this church. I'm glad that you're in attendance this morning. But I want you to be involved in this church. I want this to be part of you. I want this to be what you're invested in, what you feel is the most important for your children and, and your grandkids, for your future, for your ministry, for your abilities, your talents. He wants you. 
I could stand here and list all the things that someone might think that this church needs, and none of those things would be even come close to being as important as you are. You. Because if the Lord has you, he's got everything he needs. Everything else already belongs to him. Everything else belongs to him. You get to make the choice whether he has you or not. And oh, let me tell you, when you make the choice that you're going to offer yourself as part of the sacrifice, there's something that goes up as a sweet smelling savor to the Lord. He, he, the Bible says, you know what it says? Uh, that all of heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. Just one. Just one. Hallelujah. It gets the attention of heaven. Can you imagine this church this morning, people that walk with God, have a relationship with God, and they say, I'm going to offer myself, hallelujah, as the salt of the earth. I'm going to offer myself in everything I do to God. This is what Mark says in chapter 9, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, for everyone shall be salted with fire. And every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good. But if the salt have lost his saltiness, wherewith shall ye season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. That verse is very revealing that salt is good, but salt can lose its saltiness. Do you know what that tells me? That tells me that we can come to church and come long enough that we start to take our offering, our giving our, of ourselves to God for granted. Well, you know, I've been around for a long time, and I've been doing this for a long time. This is, some of the younger people should be doing it. <laughs> oh, no, no, we need you, elders. We didn't get here without you. And the, el- and the, and the young people say, well, you know, we got older people doing it. No, no, young people, we, we aren't going anywhere without you. The future's in the kids, and the future's in the young people, and the elders keep it stuck together. And it's possible that we can be in church long enough to lose our saltiness. Oh, I'm here for a renewal uh, to let you be reminded this morning that you are the salt uh, of the earth. uh, And there's only one thing that God wants this morning, and that is you. Just you. If you came into this house today and said, you know what, I don't have a lot to offer. I don't know if I have... I have a lot here or a lot there. You don't need anything else but you. When it comes to permeating and penetrating Jesus' analogy regarding us being the salt of the earth, he denotes that we have the ability to influence everything with which we come in contact with. If you are salty this morning, you can't go anywhere without infecting your environment 
because you are the salt of the earth. Just a conversation with someone about God could make them thirsty. Salt permeates and penetrates, and you are that salt this morning. The Spirit of God that He has put within you has given you the, quali- the quality of a saltiness. And, and I encourage you this morning, don't lose your saltiness. Be full of the Spirit, overflowing with the Spirit, uh, oozing with the Spirit. Let the power of His Spirit radiate from your life uh, because every person you come in contact with will be touched and ministered to by the power of His Spirit that is within you, the saltiness. Salt purifies Jesus' instructions to Matthew 5. In Matthew 5, it was only possible that the power of His Spirit Amen. Would, would allow our lives to be what he wants us to be. I could never attain anything that I need in myself. It's only by the power of the, of the presence of God that's in my life, the saltiness of his spirit that has got me to where I am today. And it will get you where he wants to take you. You are the salt of the earth. Amen. Try to bring it to a close. Salt preserves. The saltiness of his presence is what will keep you, is what will preserve you. Listen, we're living in a very turbulent time. There's a lot of chaos happening in our world. I noticed just this week they're, they're predicting times for certain wars. And, oh, it's just, it's just absolute chaos that's happening in our world. And you could get all nervous about that or uptight about it. Or you can have something that will preserve you. The saltiness of his presence will keep you no matter what is happening around you. The fear of job loss or the the fear of health issues or the fear of financial ruin or the fear of whatever it might be. Whatever it might be this morning. There's a lot of things that grip people and it tries to mess up the thinking within individuals. But let me tell you, the salt preserves The word's very clear. He will not see the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He will take care of you. He will preserve you. He will keep your kids in an unclean world. Your kids can still serve God and go to school. Let me tell you, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. Hallelujah. Where where the darkest night is, let me tell you, that's the greatest uh, their light will ever be. Hallelujah. Like a city set on a hill. You can't be hid under a bushel. He will preserve you with saltiness. 
You are the salt of the earth. The presence of God will preserve you. It will heal you. Jesus compared us to that salt. He referred to that spirit dwelling within us. And since we have that spirit, there's a healing that can happen within us. Not just one way. Listen, he's wanting to heal people emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically. We are living, we are living in a society. I said this to you in a series that I did not that long ago. That before COVID, one out of ten people admitted to dealing with mental health. And since COVID, it's four out of ten. That's who's admitting. That's four times the amount of people. We need, we need a healing of his presence to touch our people, our church, our families, uh, our up and down our street, our job, our job locations, everywhere you come in contact, you need the saltiness uh, of the Word of God and the presence of God, the Spirit of God to heal. Oh, it may sting a little bit at first. You ever have that happen? You got a little paper cut. And you get salt on your hands or something, and oh my, that'll just, that'll put a quite a little jolt in you. But it heals. Our city needs healing. Our city needs a healing. Our province, our country, you can, you can go far beyond, wherever you want to go. There's a healing required. Listen, it's the saltiness of you, the salt of the earth, that will work God's spirit through your life to bring healing to people's situations. I'm talking about family dynamics and marriages and children and job job issues. I'm talking about healing all across the board, folks, not just physical. I'm talking about spiritual healing and, and people who have dealt with spiritual issues in the past and, and all kinds of things. Listen, the salt that you are this morning will bring healing. Yeah. Okay, music comes, so I'll quit. Salt produces a thirst. And it enhances that flavor. And as the salt of the earth, we create a thirst among the spheres of influence that you are part of. The power of his spirit enhances the quality of life's experiences. With every person that you come in contact with, they can't help but be ministered to by the power of the spirit that is within you. If you are salty... I'm not talking about being rude, ignorant, self-righteous. I'm not talking about any of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about people that have a need, that are hungry, and just a little bit of kindness and love and generosity 
just a little bit of showing the love of Jesus can produce a thirst. Just a little bit of a little bit of salt. Just enough salt to create a thirst in someone's heart that they say there's something more. There's something I desire. There's something I long for. There's something that I got to have. I don't know what it is, but I, I feel it. I sense it. I, I, there's, a, there's a piece missing inside of me. Let me tell you, that's the saltiness of your life that will produce a hunger and a thirst. You can't be at Tim's. You can't be at the grocery store. You can't be at the bank. You can't be at the car dealership. You can't be at the gas station. None of those places. You can't be any of those places. And if you're salty and not it affects somebody. You're walking down the street, sitting in the park. Doesn't matter where it is. Out for a skate. I don't care. You can you you think of it. And if you're salty, something about you will produce a thirst in someone else. Oh. You are the salt this morning of the earth. The natural things that it does. Got many more notes, but I'm going to stop. The natural things that it does, we're thankful for. But there was a purpose of those offerings. It seems so insignificant, maybe in the Old Testament, Got to add salt? Why would that be necessary? We're burning the offering. Oh, there, there's, it's going to be necessary because there's going to be Scripture written later. <laughs> it's going to be Scripture that's written that my people are going to be called the salt of the earth and there can't be sacrifice without them. And so here at Mission Point, on this last Sunday of January, I'll simplify it just like this. There's only one thing God's after this morning, and that's you. If he called you the salt, then he doesn't want any sacrifice without you. Whatever else you think you can offer that would compare or replace or be good enough, it does not compare to you. God, I thank you for every person that's in this building this morning. God, you laid it into my spirit on Monday. God, for this day. God, you knew exactly who was going to be here. And you knew, God, exactly what each one needed to hear this morning. And maybe it's for the person that doesn't think they have a lot to offer. God, you, you've come this morning just to let them know. They don't need anything but themselves. Maybe it's for the person that doesn't think that they're much of an influence. But God, you said we're the salt of the earth and we permeate and penetrate and preserve and heal. God, there's lots of things that our life can do, Lord, in this world that we're in. And maybe it's for someone this morning that's lost their saltiness. Maybe they've kind of just lost vision of how important they are, 
where they are with you. And I pray this morning, God, for that individual or, or multiple people, God, that they would have their saltiness renewed this morning. And that's through an in, infilling, refilling, renewing, reviving of the power of your spirit in our lives. And so, God, whatever the situation might be, all across this audience or people that are watching online this morning, I'm praying for every person that's in this building and every person that's watching or listening that they would realize today that they are the salt of the earth. I pray that your mighty power and spirit, God, would just strengthen and minister to each person this morning. And I ask it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Would you stand this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever situation you find yourself in, can I just make it very clear to you, it does not matter what your flesh says or what the enemy says. The Lord has already stated that you are the salt of the earth. And when he makes a statement, nothing can change that. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.